thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. This episode of Wellness Women Radio is very proudly brought to you by Dinner Twist. Dr. Ashley and I want to let you in on a little secret of how we maintain our healthy whole foods lifestyle with very little time. And one of those ways is actually with Dinner Twist. So they plan, they shop, they deliver everything to our door to take all of the guesswork out of having really healthy meals for dinner each night. Um, I love Dinner Twist because they are a locally family-owned business here in Perth in Western Australia, and all of their produce is locally sourced and seasonal. So they are really invested in all of their suppliers as well, which is absolutely amazing. Everything is so fresh. Uh, Ashley and I both get the Wholesome Box, which is naturally gluten and dairy-free as well, and is very consistent with a paleo-type lifestyle as well. Uh, so it's, you know, completely consistent with, you know, the way that we want to eat and want to feed our loved ones too. This is also how I trick Dean into thinking that I can actually cook. So seriously, if I can do it, everybody can trust me. And their recipes are so delicious. They also have other options apart from the wholesome box. So they have a family box for bigger size families an express box. If you're really short on time, uh, as well as a vegan box too. Now, we would love to give you the opportunity for you to actually try Dinner Twist and realize how healthy, how delicious and how fresh it is, but also how much easier this is going to make life as well. So we have a special promo code for you, and that is going to give you $35 off your first box. And that is WWR for Wellness Women Radio. Um, So we would love you to uh, try for yourself. Don't take my word for it, but let me know what you think. Without further ado, ladies, onto the show. Well, we want to start by saying a massive Happy New Year to all our wonderful listeners and um, guests for the show this year that we uh, are inviting along the way. And thank you so much. It's really exciting to start this decade uh, and this year, 2020, with you, our beautiful audience. Um, yeah, I think, you know, for us, it's exciting to start the year with a bang and we're going to, you know, kind of get into things today, just a little bit of an update of how things are going since the end of last year. And we're today really going to dive into some of the, the things that are very relevant to us here in Australia right now. So for all our international listeners, we'll fill you in uh, shortly, but we're going to sort of touch on some of the important um, messages and conversations that are happening in our environment. Um, obviously, if you haven't heard mm-hmm. of the bushfires, you'll you'll hear about them and we'll be talking about those today, um, you know, specifically around our own well-being, mental health, um, how we can support things. So I really look forward to this episode because I think it's a conversation we need to have um, because I've just been feeling a lot of stress and, and anxiety and tension, you know, not just in our own home, but in lots and lots of people around us, particularly for people who are far away as well and feel quite helpless. So um, I guess it's pretty, pretty, you know, full on <laughs> start to the year, but that's the reality of our country right now. It's been a horrific, uh, you know, Christmas New Year period for most Australia. So we really want to um, firstly take our hats off to everyone who's been out there doing all the hard work. But, you know, we also want to um, try and look hopefully forward, you know, in this year that 2020 is something wonderful and amazing. And, you know, as they sort of always say the phoenix rises out of the fire so we hope that we can turn this you know this conversation around throughout the year that uh, from all the bad that happens great things can come of it yeah yeah and so um ladies welcome to wellness women radio uh so in all of the excitement of the new year you are listening you are here with dr ashley bond and i'm dr andrea huddleston and 
we were sort of struggling to really come up with a meaningful topic to start the year off with because everything seemed so inconsequential when it comes to the reality of what's sort of happening in um, Australia at the moment. Um, with, you know, the bush fire season that's been going for now three months and we haven't even got to the peak of summer yet and we know that there's going to be um, like potentially worse things to come. So for those of um, you who are overseas who haven't maybe seen or heard about the footage and for those of you who are on home soil with us, um, we're going to just talk about some of the facts around the bushfires and then look at some coping strategies and those sorts of things exactly like what Ash talked about and hopefully um, at the end of the episode uh, we'll talk about some of the really amazing things that have come out of it as well. Um, It's pretty just absolutely heart-wrenching if you are like me and you have been glued to um, the news stories and the updates and everything that's been happening, um, you know, hearing the accounts of the firefighters and just how horrific it is and how, you know, they're so traumatized by hearing so many koalas screaming in the trees and all of those. Like I just, it, it's so just unthinkable. You can't even imagine what, um, I guess the enormity of it as well. And um, I think that's why it's being referred to as being apocalyptic or as severe as an atomic bomb having gone off. Um, and it is absolutely the worst environmental crisis, certainly in Australia, in our history, but potentially in the world as well as what it's being referred to. Um, the air quality at the moment, particularly in Sydney and in Canberra, is the worst in the world. Um, so far worse than any pollution in, in India uh, and anywhere else in really heavily populated areas. And, you know, having been to India a couple of times and stepping out and walking out of their airport and feeling the pollution hit you like a brick wall and not being able to breathe through your mouth because of how thick and heavy it is, knowing that something could be worse than that is just so um, so hard to imagine that um, because of how much of the country is burning, um, which essentially is, you know, a really big chunk of um, New South Wales, uh, about a seventh of Victoria. But there's fires in each and every state at the moment. Um, Like I came home tonight and Dean was telling me that there was a fire in Rockingham as well. Um, So a bushfire that had started there and they're sort of just on a wait and watch type emergency sort of situation. Um, But I think everyone is just on such high alert at the moment. And the size of the fires itself um, is so far greater than, say, the California fires that were in the US last year, and it's six times larger than the Amazon fires. So if you can kind of try and get a bit of a picture of there was, you know, the huge, um, I guess, outcry during the year for people to just try and support the Amazon fires um, and support the, you know, the regeneration and everything and call attention to that. So this is six times bigger than that. So they're estimating that almost 500 million, so half a billion animals have died. Um, the death toll as of Monday was 23 people. Um, and the smoke is so thick and dense and there's just so much of it that it's now it's spread to New Zealand. It's making the the snowfields in the South Island of New Zealand brown, and they think that the smoke will also um, reach South America as well. Just to give you kind of a bit of a an idea of how crazy that is, 
Oh, um, incredible, isn't it? And you know what's yeah. doing to friends in the Netherlands and beautifully they're donating and there's a group that are starting to knit for, you know, the koalas and the, the baby, you know, pouches and things like this. Like this is just, this is a very global um, crisis. People are really aware of what's happening in Australia. But, you know, when we're having a touch to our friends, um, you know, perspective is key. They were saying, oh, do you realise it's like, you know, our newspapers are reporting that it's like having the entire Netherlands and Belgium on fire. And I'm like, yeah. they're like, it's our entire countries together, you know, from border to border, burnt down. And I'm like, that's really like confronting perspective there. Like, <laughs> they're like, it's half the UK. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, we, we kind of, you know, most yeah. of us have travelled overseas and if anyone's, you know, been in those countries, they realise – Oh my goodness! You know it's really, really hard to comprehend. So yeah, it's it's a big um, yeah. it's a big deal, and I think that for people around the world, they are seeing those front page headlines. And you know, even if they're far away, I think everyone, like you said, Andrea, can appreciate the the devastation. You know, mm. when they see the animals, those horrific photographs, when they see the despair of men, you know, yeah, yeah. asleep on the side of burning roads, like it, <laughs> some of those those photographs are just so. Um, confronting or, you know, the video that came through of the, the firemen caught in that incredible, you know, burn, burnout where they're mm. throwing up blankets against the glass windows to, you know, shield themselves from radiant heat. Like no one can imagine putting their family member in that position. And most of, yeah, and most of the fires are actually being fought by volunteers yes. as well yeah. because yeah. they're so huge. You know, we don't have a, um, a fire brigade that, that would, potentially match that size which I think is also why we're getting so much help from Canada and, and America and as well as New Zealand in terms of actual firefighters who are coming over I'm not aware of if they've come from any other country yet so if they have and I've, I've missed you I'm sorry for that but um, th- yeah just the absolute bravest of men and women um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And look, I think you know why is this? Why is this something we're going to chat about at the start of the year? Like at the end of the day, this is a this is absolutely a health issue. You know, it's a, a physical health issue for anyone who's in regions affected because of the respiratory aspects. You know, allergy. You know, affects um, potentially long term respiratory outcomes because of you know all of the things that have been burnt up in those fires, and yeah. not to mention the mental health aspects. You know, I think um, one of the big mm-hmm. things is a lot of Australians, irrespective of our government's position, have some degree of an opinion or concern regarding climate change and you know we're probably you know most average australians are more in line with the global view that yes we're having an impact on the environment and therefore accelerating some degree of environmental um problem and not whether we can agree on consensus of exactly what that is but we all know that we're killing the planet and we're just you know aware that we're trying to stop that and then all of a sudden you know on top of that with uh, a government that's pretty much denial of climate change this happens it's like well what does it take to to really you know be heard when it comes down to key critical issues and we do that in women's health all the time andrea i mean we talk about these things because it's like what do women have to do to be heard about you know maternal care what do they have to be heard about you know their experience with endometriosis or polycystic ovaries like what how much does it take before people start to listen and take notice it shouldn't take you know half the country on fire to to stand up and become aware of something and Ash, it's really interesting that you say that because I know that I've, I've read and seen a lot of news stories that have come out saying that a lot of the fires were actually lit by arsonists. Mm. And there was one that called attention to um, even one of the um, rural fire brigades or one of the volunteers was being accused of lighting the fires. Now, since then, 
there's been two very well referenced articles that's come out in the Guardian with um, like direct quotes from um, you know police and everything else saying that all of that information is actually fake news. So the yeah. spread of information trying to say that the fires have been started by arsons and everything else. So essentially it's almost like the climate change deniers are looking for someone to blame mm -hmm. rather than actually, you know, um, as a country or a, you know, nation or whatever, taking like social environmental responsibility for our impact um, and that this may be the physical representation of that, which is so, so tragic. Yeah, and I think, ladies, as well, we, we encourage you always to seek out, you know, truth, seek out information. Um, I certainly know that both you and I, Andrew, have, have shared information regarding Indigenous land management practices, which, mm -hmm. you know, has yep. evolved for, you know, 35,000 years, certain um, aspects of fire management in the landscape to protect nature, wildlife, and protect the and preserve the environment that someone lives on, you know, treating treating the earth as Mother Earth. And I think that's a very interesting thing that we've now had this catastrophic fire that's just like apocalyptic as opposed to, you know, perennial fires that are used to, you know, clean out um, undergrowth and things like that. The Indigenous mm -hmm. people did so well. So I think, you know, there's a lot to be learned from this horrific experience, um, not just as communities in regards to how human people have become, the humanity and the generosity is just unbelievable. Um, I know that we're on the West Coast and we seem quite distant to the East Coast right now. I mean, literally as of today, our entire Western Australian state is cut off by um, by land. You know, we, we don't have any roads accessing the East Coast. Up north it was tropical cyclones and flooding. Down south it's fires and all the arterial roads anywhere crossing the state are cut off. So it's a very unusual and unique event to have an entire country cut in half with no land access. Um, so, you know, like there's certainly things to be learned from this. And I guess what I'm, I'm learning myself personally, and I'm probably, you're finding the same. You mentioned how there's just so much, um, reading of the news, like every day you, you're checking out social media, you're looking at the news and we're really engaging in the, these stories, you know, we're really engaging yeah. with those, the firemen standing there, you know, with their, their voices breaking and tears rolling down their face. We're really like that human face of the tragedy is something really hard to, to get away from. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if it's because we just all, you know, want to empathize, you know, if it's not our journey, we want to feel part of that journey. We don't want to be left out of, you know, somehow the experience because we want to be be human we want to be part of our you know nation um, yeah. i know that i probably don't need to read as much as i do and i've certainly stopped in the last week because it was creating a lot of distress in some deep way i just felt unsettled every day i just felt like yeah. just unsettled i don't, don't know i think a lot of people feel the same way if you ask them how are you feeling right now oh you know a bit, bit flat a bit unsettled a bit, bit yeah meh, a bit meh about stuff um yeah that sparkle's not there because you can't you know, feel guilty about being really excited and happy when you know how much pain people are going through around you. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And everything else just seems so irrelevant, doesn't mm. it? Yeah. You know, when this is happening and it it really helps. I, I guess that's a good thing in the sense that it really puts things into perspective about what's important and, um, you know, I think this is also part of a, a coping strategy which I think is, is quite a good thing and maybe we'll kind of segue into um, some of the things that people might be experiencing now in terms of if you're going through a disaster and if you're going through um, really severe trauma, then these are some things that might have been coming up. And 
I also remember, uh, so 10 years ago, I was in the um, living in Queensland, in Brisbane, when we had the, the huge floods there. And it was a very similar um, kind of experience and very similar um, sort of feeling in the air that um, everybody rallies and it's amazing and everybody is connected and it really brings everything down to um, the most important priorities. Um, so, you know, which is always a lovely thing, but um, some of the information that's being um, put out there to especially parents and those sorts of things is just that there's there's no one way to deal with the emotional side of things that comes up with the trauma. There's no right or wrong way to feel and whatever way you are feeling, um, irrespective of, you know, whether or not you're living on the other side of the country or um, even if you are international, like don't suppress that. It's absolutely okay to be, to feel that empathy or sympathy for what's going on at the moment because it is so, so tragic. Um, limiting social media time can be helpful if you're really disturbed by the images that are coming up. And I know that um, you know, seeing, Ash, I'm sure you've seen it as well, the, the image of the baby kangaroo mm. charred into the fence and the number of times that I've seen that every single time it is just like you can't look at it without bursting into tears. It's just so gut-wrenching. And then seeing the, um, you know, like the, the images that you're referring to as well, you know, so if that if you are finding that that's quite disturbing for you and is not, you know, not necessarily helpful, then limiting social media time is probably not a bad idea um, to an extent. Um, yeah, Ash, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, look, I just think it can be, um, I say quite a confusing time because part of you, you know, is, I know all, like we talk so much about, um, a new year, the, the freshness, the rejuvenation that comes from that, setting intentions and goals and maybe, you know, going on a health, uh, you know, health rampage to get yourself back into shape. I mean, we're going to start our reset 28 very soon. So ladies on the uh, 1st of February, we're starting our, our program again. So jump on and have a little look about that. We'll talk about that in the coming weeks. Um, but you know, just, you know, there's so much positive. We really want to be positive, but then this has a massive dampener. Um, if anything, being too jubilant about things almost feels like wrong. Um, yeah. so it can be something like, you know, there's, like you said, there's no right way or, or wrong way because it might be that you're feeling flat or, or sort of down. You might be feeling, you know, some feelings of being angry, you know, with government and stuff. Cause I know even I'm feeling a bit politically charged at the moment looking, going, hang on, how can we have ex-PMs out there, you know, doing great things and being really human. And, you know, the person who's elected to leave this country looks like an absolute twit, um, you know, yeah. <laughs> and oh, again, yeah. again, we have to be careful, right? A media portrayal because there's a bias agenda. So we're always very cautious about, you know, what the media shows us. So rightly or wrongly, it might be showing us just the agenda they want us to see, um, which will be portraying any individual in a particular way at a particular time for a particular reason. So I always try and take things as, you know, a um, little bit of a, a moment of like, yeah, but but I still look and just think, come on, being human is just being human and there's no, you can't misconstrue that. So um, I'm struggling with that image actually, thinking that I feel responsible for <laughs> being part of electing someone I don't actually, you know, believe in the green right now. Um, so, you know, that's actually guilt. I'm like, God, how could I have been part of this? <laughs> um, but, you know, on the flip side, though, I think, you know, for me personally as a family in our house, um, a lot of a lot of people have kids, you know, a lot of people are trying to work out how to explain things to their children because, um, as I was saying to you earlier, Andrea, I found it tricky that even though we're not having a lot of bushfire talk in the house because I don't think bringing big, scary concepts into a family environment is a great thing to do um, unless it's kind of necessary but 
the just being out at the shops there's the newspapers on the floor at the supermarket right at the doorway and there's big confronting horrible photographs on the front page and you know Oliver bends down and at two and a half he's not silly he he can see what he can see and he's you know he's curious but he's also concerned at the same time you know and he keeps seeing big photos of fires and um then you know he got a fire engine at Christmas so he's really excited about that because it's something he's really 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 wanted and so now he's just you know wants to be a fireman and help people and I'm just like oh bless your little soul you are so divine um but you know just trying to what I'm I'm sort of suggesting to clients as well particularly some of my my families are feeling a bit like oh, we just feel so helpless. You know, we just feel so bad about this. Just don't know, you know, how to explain it to our kids. And um, I'm definitely sort of saying that, like you've said, there's no right way or wrong way to feel here. It's just sort of accepting that this situation is something that human control, you know, cannot, there's no human way to control this. You know, this is now we're unfortunately as much as we're doing, we can, we're kind of left to the elements. You know, it needs mother nature's touch. You know, we need rain, we need things to help change and steer the direction of the fires but we can control what we can control and that is like you said not you know over utilizing social media or buying into the hype and the the fear and the anxiety and instead creating constructive ways um, to really um, take positive action that can make you feel as though you've got some Mm -hmm. part of this to play in um, not feeling so helpless, not feeling so anxious about something you really can't control. Um, so, uh, you know, in our house, we, we took on a slightly different approach. Um, last weekend, we, Friday afternoon, I was like, right, having a play with Ollie and having a chat about things. And he wanted, you know, something about the bushfires and someone, the neighbor had been talking about, oh, it's so bad, blah, blah, and friends in here. And he goes, oh, no, you know, like bushfires, burning people. And I was like, oh, buddy, that's, oh. that's a big thought, right, for a small child. And like, let's just talk about that because, you know, he was obviously feeling like he thought it was going to burn people and burn the animals and I'm like it can but we you know they're doing the very best they can to to help people and what do you think we could do to help people you know and we talked about oh the firemen need new hoses okay (laughs) you know just like the the two-year-old brain right um and I'm like okay I love that right and then I'm like maybe they need some new masks and ever since then he's walking around going yeah the firemen need new masks and then he's like doing the (laughs) like Darth Vader sound Oh, that's so, so sweet. So we swept through a house and found um, as much bits and pieces as we you know, could find that we, we don't use and are not using, and we posted them on Facebook Marketplace. And throughout the weekend, we were just selling all these bits and pieces. And, you know, the first two items that left the house, Ollie cried, no, don't go, you know, that's our thing's happening. I was like, no, he doesn't quite get it. Had another chat about it, and then it was really – he was so on board. We're selling things. We're raising money for the firemen so they have new hoses and new masks. And it was a really positive – way to you know explain our role in it that no we can't see the fires and they're not here but there are people being affected and this is what we can do in our house we can give money that can help other people buy things that are really important to help them um and he you know he really has embraced that and this week we've been selling more things (laughs) even down to shaming a guy at the gate that was trying to barter down to like a 50 dollar item to 40 he's like oh you take 40 and all he's like it's for the firemen (laughs) oh cute oh my gosh and i love so, that that's yeah. so sweet and so the guy's like oh okay he's 50 like i'm not yeah. gonna, gonna barter barter on the uh on this you know this this one because it's, <laughs> i've just been shamed in front of a two-year-old um so yeah i i'm sort of encouraged people to say hey what feels right to you right now? Do you want yeah. to try and donate something? Do you want to find message boards where you can post messages of support, positivity, and love? Do yeah. you want to join a meditation circle? You know, do things where you can actually just literally send, you know, positive vibrations, you know, loving vibrations across the globe. Um, do you want to be involved in, you know, a healing prayer? Like, 
what do you feel resonates with you to offset mm. the fear or the the anxiety or the stress um and there's always that beautiful thing that you know we talk about that you can't be in the space of fear anger and anxiety if you're in the space of gratitude love you know and, and that sort of open heart space that they, they're they're equal opposites so you you need both in your life but you can't yeah. be in one while you're in the other so i sort of say to people look if you're in fear anxiety then really focus on the the love the giving the charity the um, you know, the meditation on positivity, like you offset the fear with love. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think that that's beautiful. And, uh, I think that, um, oh, Ash, are you, um, are you crying there? Oh, Ash is just wiping yeah, her eyes. I'm I'm like, just, I think it literally <laughs> is like, I'm just like, oh, I just, you know, I'm, you and I are both in a healing profession because we're empathetic by nature. Yeah. Do you know? And yeah. I know that you and I feel our patients. We don't just go home. People are not just numbers. We, we feel them. We take sometimes those pains and hurts home. We take the, the yeah. happy moments, but we take the tragedies into our, li- our own lives as well because we yeah. feel people. And I think, you know, anyone who's empathetic like us knows what we're talking about when it's really, really hard to switch off and disengage from this because we are just yeah. feeling it and it's almost like feeling too much is a burden sometimes. <laughs> totally. Yeah, absolutely. And just for, I think, um, just quickly, Ash, just talking about the parents as well, just some things to look out for um, just to see, you know, maybe if your kids are um, or even for you as well, just maybe experiencing a bit too much stress when it comes to the disaster. And the things to look out for is if they're a bit more withdrawn than normal, if they're being unusually clingy, if they're starting to display compulsive behaviours, um, they're really fearful if you're leaving the house. So if you're going to be away from them and they have an sort of like un um I guess, too big of a reaction to that. Um, some experts have also said lots of obsessively drawing about death as well, which kind of makes sense. Um, and those are just, you know, some some little things to look for. But in terms of how to kind of mitigate our own adult stress responses, Ash, I think exactly what you mentioned there is just figuring out how you can have confidence in the future as well. So how you can feel purposeful, how you can feel like you're involved and that you're um, being proactive as well and also just having that immense gratitude for the like outpouring of support that is happening um and that just the energy of that gratitude and just feeling that in your system you can see and there's also lots of science that backs this up as well as how it switches off that fight or flight response how it dampens that cortisol response as well so this is not just you know airy fairy stuff it's also you know well substantiated as well so really focusing on that community, focusing on what is important to you. And I know that when we were sort of seeing all of the news break about this, um, that all I wanted to do was just have Dean and the the dogs, which is so that's my family, just wanting to have them close to me, um, just because it kind of, you know, that reminds you of, of what's important. There has been some absolutely beautiful things that have been happening, though, um, in light of this. And I just think that whenever there is some sort of, um, you know, disaster and tragedy, there is also so much incredible support and community that happens and connection 
um, on the flip side. Um, and so these might be some good things for you to kind of focus on despite all of the tragedy. Um, so obviously we've had an outpouring of international support, which has just been so incredible. Even some of our listeners have all been, you know, um, messaging and emailing just to check in to see how we're doing, um, which is just so incredible and also have been donating as well. I've seen a lot of people on social media who um, have been following us have been donating internationally. Um, obviously, there's been an outpouring support from the celebrity community as well who have been donating, you know, huge amounts of money. But on smaller sort of levels, um, there has been huge convoys of truck drivers who are taking much needed supplies into areas that you can't get to. Um, so I think that there was, uh, um, no, that number must be wrong. There was a huge number of truck drivers who were just volunteering their trucks, their time, their money and everything to, to deliver, you know, hay for animals who um, their all of their environments have been burnt out and all sorts of different things. The Islamic community uh, made home-cooked meals um, and uh, delivered those to the firefighters and to the volunteers um, and to people who were displaced. Um, the Sikh, there was a bunch of Sikh volunteers also who drove over 700 kilometres um, to get to areas that were affected um, to take them home cooked meals. So all of these things um, absolutely surpass race and creed and beliefs and everything else, which is just so, so beautiful. I saw a picture this morning that um, there was a little fundraiser that's happening in Bali at the moment for some Balinese women who are who are having essentially the equivalent of a bunning sausage sizzle and donating the proceeds um, to the bushfire relief. Um, so gorgeous. It's just so incredible. And, of course, we've got to mention um, the comedian uh, Celeste Barber, who has, um, when I checked just before we started recording, has raised $48 million dollars in the last few days and this is coming from all over the world these are these people just giving you know what they can and if you need something to brighten your day seriously go to that facebook fundraiser page and read through the comments like just having a look at the first few is like there's um you know sending love from poland or thinking of our friends in Australia from Switzerland or, you know, just like the most beautiful things that makes me like feel so emotional just talking about it. But there is nothing um, that is more beautiful than that, which is just incredible. And I think just that, um, you know, remembering that, um, you know, sadly many people have gone through the experience of losing things that are special and valuable and important to them. And there's so much evidence of those people, you know, surviving and, building mm -hmm. again and thriving and maybe sometimes, you know, being um, a cathartic shift in their ex their life experience, you know, what's valued on changes and they suddenly go on a mission to be, you know, better or contribute in a different way or change, you know, their life, their career, whatever mm -hmm. it is. And um, there's so many stories of wonderful positive outcomes that people, you know, didn't realise how much stuff, you know, didn't matter to them until they lost everything and then they were forced to make different choices. Like not that yeah. that's the, you know, what you want, for anything to happen to someone but like we said out of the the, the fire the phoenix phoenix rises and sometimes that's that's exactly it um mm -hmm. i mean I, I smiled yesterday when i had a look at the the news and there was a gentleman from brisbane that won a million dollar lottery and he just had his property in new south wales burnt out lost the whole oh, house wow. uninsured and he just won a million dollars i'm like what other chances of that right <laughs> Oh, the universe works in mysterious yeah, ways. That is so that. amazing. Yeah, so I thought, isn't that that's a, such a, like, you just go, what, what, how does that happen? That's just bizarre. So, um, yeah, I, I like it. I like what I'm hearing. I think that as well, big companies are 
becoming more responsible in their their responses mm-hmm. to these kind of uh, concerns. You know, my husband's company yeah. um, matches dollar for dollar any donations that any of their wow, employees are making. Awesome. So we just yeah. sent in all the receipts for the things we've been donating and they're matching that dollar for dollar plus pledging a huge another, you know, amounts of money as well. And I know awesome. we saw that Andrew Forrest, I think he put in $70 million yesterday yeah. today for that. So there's a lot um a lot to be said for bad things happening and waking everyone up. You know, yeah. it's almost like an awakening. It's a it's a rally yeah. going, hang on, as a nation, you know, we're going to pull together. We're going to get through this. It's going to take a lot of resources, but, you know, we can, you know, see forward from this this point. Um, obviously, it's a very long road to recovery and Mother Nature is going to need a long time to, you know, restore that biodiversity and that balance and, you know, those ancient trees are not going to come back. Some of them may, but, you know, a lot of them won't. And it's just there's going to be a redistribution energetically of that balance. So, um, yeah, I, I think, ladies, even though it's it's a black, you know, start to the year in a lot of ways for us here in Australia, we also have to realise that, you know, from that black, the fresh green shoots, you know, will spring, um, you know, in our own lives, but in Mother Nature's, you know, divine way she just keeps growing and doing what she's been doing for millions of years and um, we need to be reminded of that because sometimes our our scope of vision is just so immediate we don't have that timeline that perspective to realize that um, with us it will keep going yeah awesome and uh, I think that well what I'm really hoping is it makes people really conscious of what their contribution to climate change is and their footprint and all of those sorts of things Um, but ladies and and for the fellows who are listening as well, if you do want to donate and you're not quite sure, or you do want to help, and again, you're not not really sure of what to do. Um, a lot of the sources are coming out saying that um, they can't really take goods anymore. So if you want to send, you know, clothing and all of that sort of thing, that they they don't really have the capability to distribute that. So money is always best um, if you can. You know, some of the really reputable sources, obviously, um, the Salvation Army, um, Bushfire Disaster Appeal, um, the Red Cross as well, the Rural Fire Service um, for each state individually, you can donate to um, the Save the Animals, which is Wires. Um, and we'll put all of these links online. Um, I think we have done a post with these links already. There's also some really beautiful initiatives that are coming out of this. So one of them is called Spend With Them. You can find that on social media. So it's at Spend With Them, which is a something that was started by Turia Pitt. Uh, so this is essentially, you know, businesses that have been affected by the bushfires where you can actually still support them. Um, there's also Buy From The Bush as well and a movement called Go With An Empty Esky or Go With The Empty Esky. And that's essentially... You know, once the media hype from all of the bushfires comes down, once the – well, not not this media hype, I shouldn't say that, but, you know, once the – once we don't hear about it so much, once communities are starting to rebuild, they're encouraging people to go there, go to the community, spend money with them if you can. Um, we made – um, a big donation to the Salvation Army. Um, so um, Dean and I did that and then the practice has donated to the Save the Animals and we made a donation that was painful. So essentially like, you know, give till it hurts. So, you know, a significant amount of money that it's like, oh, geez, you know, like that's uh, – it, it make, makes you uncomfortable to sort of <laughs> to sort of donate that much. But if you, if you can't financially do anything like that, there's still plenty of other ways that you can support the movement. And we have posted some of those things online as well. Uh, so we'd really strongly encourage you to do that, but also just being conscious of what it is that you're contributing to potential climate change as well. 
Beautiful. And look, a big thank you to everyone who, you know, is helping to look after people that have been affected by the fires, to all our, you know, voluntary fires, firefighters. Um, you guys are all just so amazing. If you've got family or friends, you know, our most heartfelt love and thanks for everything that you guys do. It's, it's- as well as the professional ones too. Oh, you know, one of absolutely. my um, favourite patients, Aaron, is a fireman and they're just the most beautiful, um, heroic souls. They're just incredible. Yeah, I think it just, it just opens up our eyes to so many people out there who give of themselves for, mm. you know, for, for others, you know, and that's really what's been a highlight for me. And I think it's important as well, ladies, you know, if you yourself or for anyone you know is not feeling great or feels like you need any help regarding this, there are so many um, opportunities here in Australia to get support. Obviously, a big one we will often hear about is Beyond Blue. So, you mm-hmm. can contact them. There's Lifeline, there's Headspace. Um, there's a lot of different services and supports out there. So, if you, you know, you really feel this is getting to you um you're not alone just remember to reach out and use those services because they are there to help you um you know non-judgmental and incredibly generous in the way they support you so please don't um don't feel afraid to just you know it's a phone call away yes awesome all right uh so ladies i think that that's probably enough of um this for the week but we really um needed to do this justice so uh, we hope that's given you some information about how you can help how you can support the um what's happening over there and put things into a little bit of perspective too so ladies you have been listening to wellness women radio we are the wellness women dr ashley bond and dr andrea huddleston we are raising the bar for women's health until next week be well This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.